I want to welcome you uh, to the Emotionally Healthy Leader podcast. Great to be with you today. And our theme is 10 leadership lessons uh, from my years at New Life. Actually, it was in 2010 during a staff retreat that uh, a consultant had come in and we were looking at the history of New Life and all the staff were there. And, and he kind of led us in a process. Say, what were the turning point lessons? Uh, and again, the church had started in 1987, so that was 23 years old at the time. And uh, it was only recently that I went back and looked at them again, and what was so stunning to me was uh, they were all pretty much applicable today. Now, I've, I've massaged this a little bit, but in essence, they're really the same from uh, the year 2010. So uh, here they are, 10 top leadership lessons from my years at New Life. And again, it's been 30 years now. All right, number one, character is more important than gifting. Uh, character is more important than gifting. I've made more mistakes around being awed by people's gifts, resumes, educations, uh, experience, and their ability to get it done. And I would jump over the small things that reveal character, and boy, have I played a deep price for that over the years. Uh, Being really is more important than doing. And anytime I've overlooked character because of anointing or effectiveness, boy, it's just been, it's a long price to pay. And uh, so, in other words, when little things emerge that reveal, potentially reveal something of character, you want to ask about it. So whether it's they've got 10 parking tickets in their glove compartment, or they're showing up 30 minutes late for meetings consistently, or uh, they're totally, uh, you know, full of anxiety and anxious and frenzied, uh, you know, on somewhat regular basis, uh, you want to find out about it uh, and ask questions about it. Not because you're trying to dig into stuff, you just want to know about their being and how are they, uh, how do you experience them in terms of approachability, humility, brokenness, hunger for God, all that. So character is more important than gifting. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. I, I hope you don't have to learn it the hard way uh, like I have. Okay, number two, uh, do not rush. Better underline that one. Uh, God is not in a rush. And when we make decisions quickly, impulsively, without pausing to think or pray or get counsel. Again, I, I've got a lot of examples of rushing and having to start all over again. One of my greatest examples was, you know, I, I've had a vision for church planting. And, you know, early on when we started our church, I had such a vision for planting churches. And, uh, but I just, I was always in a rush. And um, I think of our Spanish congregation that we planted Rather than really get our leadership set, uh, just hired someone real quick, and it was it was amazing. So I remember seven, eight years later, when finally the thing was rectified, the right person was in place, and I thought eight years of pain and anguish and circling around because I was in a rush when probably could have avoided all of that, and we still have the 150 people in the room that we have today. So do not rush. If you're in a rush. Don't make decisions. It's your rushing alone is God speaking to you to slow down and listen. All right, number three. Boy, each of these is worth its own podcast. All right, number three. Be sure each leader that you're working with or each member of your team takes responsibility for their growth and development. To me, it's the word initiative. I I, I want everyone to be responsible for growing in Jesus. In other words, I, I want, of course, develop folks on my team. But sometimes there are people that we hire or bring in our staff or our team that 
they basically are like, you're responsible to develop me. And I'm like, no. Part of the requirement to be on this team is initiative, that you're taking responsibility for your own growth, and we're going to talk about that. But I'm going to, I will try to, of course, resource you as I can. But I want people taking, and taking responsibility for their development, especially leaders. And I found that's a real make and break point for folks who make it long term uh, on a staff team and those who don't. Because the ministry and the culture, the context, all going to change over 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. And if people are, are, are not willing to grow and change with it, uh, they will become uh, obsolete and you're going to have a real problem managing that. So make sure each leader takes responsibility for their own growth and development. Number four, take the needed time to develop and communicate clear vision. Everything rises and falls on, on having a clear vision. I'm talking about a vision is a picture of a preferable future. So think of what you're responsible for. What's what, paint me a picture of what the future looks like, a preferable future. And uh, that takes solitude. That takes silence. And it's really easy to get in a fog where I can't see anymore because so much stuff's coming at you in leadership. So every time you find yourself in a fog, that, that's again, that's God speaking, saying it's time to step away, get perspective so that God can clear the fog. And for me, it's been silence, solitude, uh, stepping back, looking at the big picture, rereading my journals. But without a clear vision, if you're the leader, there's a lot of confusion around you. It becomes the book of Judges. Everyone does as they see fit. Number five, fifth hard lesson that I learned over my years, 30 years at New Life, was build into the culture uh, sabbaticals for your key leaders. Now, this can be paid or unpaid. I'm talking about people who are with you long term, that you give them breaks Again, we have weekly sabbaticals we believe in, but actually like longer sabbaticals. It may be for, again, a paid person who's a senior staff, maybe three or four months every seven years, because you want them getting retooled for the next phase of their lives. And again, it's based on Israel. Think of Israel. They, they had built in every seventh year that land was to lie fallow to get replenished. There are things that happen in, in, in Sabbaths that are just can't happen being active. I'm on a way to a, my you know, a three-week vacation, which I consider a sabbatical a three-week sabbatical. But I know God's going to meet me as I stop, rest, delight, and contemplate Him. Number six, sixth hard lesson was face the truth and act on it, even if it hurts. Are there any difficult conversations that you're avoiding or changes you know are needed, but you don't want to uh, have that difficult conversation? So again, I'll say as bluntly as I can. We cannot build the kingdom of God by pretending what is wrong is right. So Having the courage, summoning the courage to face truth, even if it hurts, is way easier than not facing the truth because you will have to face it eventually. And I can tell you from experience, it's then a lot more complicated and painful. And uh, truth is what sets people free. But you see, when I having difficult conversations, if you don't like it, like I don't like it, I mean, who likes difficult conversations? It's always been about me, uh, God and me, and my own growth and development. So I would see if you've got an elephant in the room, and every team and has elephants in the room, and it's normal, the elephants are everywhere. But our role is to guard the, the truth and, and deal with elephants, big and little, in a kind way, but an honest way. And we're giving a gift to our people as we develop them, because maturity is being a mature person, not reverting back to being uh, children. All right? Number seven. Enforce and be careful not to dilute our values. Now, again, what are your values for your team, for your organization, for your ministry? And once you determine them, you need to enforce them. 
In other words, declaring, just writing down values is easy. Living them and creating a culture around those values, that's leadership. That takes time, takes reflection, takes a lot of courage uh, to keep it in the culture. But I, I meet many leaders who think you can just, you can just tell, you know, make a, do a sermon or do a talk on values, and they actually think it's going to stick. No, it's only going to stick over time when you actually reinforce them by you're letting somebody go because they're not living their values. And people actually see that you're, you're living your values. So again, to me, that's leadership, and uh, that's the gift we bring to the table. But you as a senior leader or the leader of your team, only you can enforce the values in terms of like, in terms of initially. Now, God's grace, you want it to be in the DNA. People are enforcing it. I, I feel like at New Life over the years, it's become part of the culture. Uh, but it is the leadership's responsibility to continue to reinforce them because as new people come on, the values get lost. And I have seen organizations, churches, and ministries with great values lose them because they put someone in charge who would be a custodian of those values who didn't even have them in the first place. And then before you know it, things have shifted. Okay, number eight, eighth hard lesson. Be faithful to your charism. By charism is the word for grace. That is the, the unique grace from God that he's given to your particular local church, your particular person in ministry. So for example, in our case, uh, over the years and in my own life, I've got a commitment to reconciliation across race, culture, class, and gender. It's very core. That value, uh, that's a charism I believe God deposited into our church. Being faithful to it means uh, we didn't move to a location with a massive parking lot uh, because we would have lost the social class of poor people living in our neighborhood. So do you understand that being faithful to our charisms, uh, once we discern what they are, really already eliminates a lot of decisions for us. It makes the decision easy for us because God's given us a charism that we're going to pass on to, to others. So you want to be, you don't want to, you want to just be content with your charism and clear about it. That's why New Life Fellowship, we never got 20,000 people. It's not, it's not, it's not our charism, but I, other churches are, and that, that's great. All right, number nine. Ninth hard lesson, invest in the development of key people. Basically, it's discipleship. Invest in a few like Jesus did. It is really slow. It is hard, but it bears long-term fruit. Our strongest leaders over our 30-year history for Jerry and I has been mentoring, intensive mentoring of a few. When we have skipped that step, we've paid a price. And I've tried it, skipping it. You can't because they don't. leaders don't come to you ready-made. Uh, so you need to regularly strategize and think about how am I going to develop a few people? Who are they going to be and how am I going to do it? But that investment in key people, uh, my gosh, I don't know how to say it strongly enough. Uh, it's your future, uh, long-term future. And then finally, uh, you want to take time to record and reflect the hard lessons God's teaching you, like I'm doing right here. I mean, that you talk about your failures from a wide variety of angles, you excavate every mistake you make. I mean, you excavate it, not in a, not in a shaming way, not in a self-flagellation way. I'm talking about excavating how you got into this mess. Uh, and that's painful because every pain, every difficult failure is a building block for the future of what God's called you to do. And if you don't do it, and I've, I, I've times I've skipped that excavation process of my failures, I end up returning to the same mistake at a later date. All right. So, uh, 
if you were going to make a list of your turning point mistakes or lessons of your life, what would they be? Those are my 10. But uh, let me close by inviting you to, to uh, really dig into the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship courses, which is really our core way that we are bringing a discipleship that deeply changes lives to churches and leaders. And uh, go to our website, www.emotionallyhealthy.org, for more information uh, on how, how you can bring this uh, to your church, your ministry, your organization. God bless you. It's been great to be with you here at Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast, and look forward to talking to you again soon.